0: me me me
1: me, me, me. hello welcome to another episode of being (laughs) human you're here with me ricky and uh today i have a guest for you all chris curry hi guys it's me chris curry yeah and today check him out on MySpace and MSN Messenger. Yeah. He's still very active on MSN. Yeah,
0: but don't follow me, because yeah. it's just not cool these days.
1: Exactly, and he's probably already following you in person, so there's mm. no point following on MSN. So we thought, obviously, at the moment, we're still in the whole pandemic situation. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but there's a whole situation thing going on. Just and for pan- those at uh,
0: home who don't know what it is, Ricky, maybe you should recap.
1: Okay, so... Basically, nine eleven happened, and then after that, things are just not being going well for people. And we're still reeling from it. So people are all staying at home, not getting too close, because if you get too close, you become emotionally vulnerable. We don't want that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we thought we'd stay away from that today, but we'll, well, in terms of talking about the sad part of it and the fear mm. part of it, mm. and um, it got me thinking about when I, what's the most scary thing that's ever happened to me. And uh, I'd like you to think about that as well, Chris. What, what's the scariest thing that's ever happened to you?
0: Um, the scariest thing that's ever happened to me? Well, in fact, you know, what? I've already talked about it on a previous podcast. Was it when uh, you shit yourself it, and it, your it crush was, was that? It, no, no, that was the, that was the third scariest. <laughs>
1: the scariest, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. The first
0: scariest was when my mum dragged me out of bed by my feet at yeah. night oh. to teach me a lesson. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. What was the lesson again? Uh, the lesson was, don't be a little shit and watch Paranormal Activity and get actually scared from it. Oh, fair enough. Otherwise, I will fuck you up. Wow, wow. Well, did yeah. she watch it with you? My mum's a lovely lady, yeah. <laughs> by the way, she she's a very, very, uh, devout no. Christine, and yeah, she's a great woman. Yeah, yeah. But then she scares you, you shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's all. Yeah, yeah. Or she will traumatize you. Yeah. The
1: scariest thing that ever happened to me was me and my brother were sat in the living room. Mm. It must have been maybe like 13, 14, and watching television. And then suddenly, a pigeon falls down the chimney and is like flying around the living room.
0: Wait, so, so it doesn't fly down, it just falls? Yeah, it must have been a, a limp pigeon. Falls yeah, a limp, your <laughs> <chimney>. <laughs>
1: yeah, it must have been sat on the chimney yeah. and then suddenly gone. Oh, whoa! I'm falling down and then it hit the floor and then got up and started flying around, right? Okay. And it wasn't a very big living room we used to have. Um, Not to show off, we got a bigger one now, but you know, wow. Uh, And uh, so we run out of the room because we don't know what to do. And my dad, we just go, Dad, there's a pigeon in the living room. And weirdly enough, he wasn't like, what? He was just like, okay, cool, I'll deal with this. I've
0: been preparing for this.
1: Yeah, <laughs> my moment has come. So obviously, pulls out he a comes, shotgun. Yeah. Well, he smashes the glass on mm. the wall in case of emergencies glass and pulls out a, a sheet. So he gets like a, a bed sheet and he just cool. runs into the living room and throws it over the top of the pigeon. Mm. And the pigeon immediately calms down. It's almost as though it goes, it goes, oh my God, I'm in the living room. I'm not supposed to be here. Oh, wait, no, I'm blind now. That's okay. I feel comfortable. You know, like, oh, I can't see anything. There's a sheet on top of me. I'm now completely calm. <laughs> I was asleep all along. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So this explains the nightmares you've been having, I guess. What do you mean? The ones where I, I scream and I go, there's a pigeon in the living room. There's a pigeon. Yeah.
0: Oh wait, now I'm blind. okay now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'd, I'd also like to know what that actual white blanket was for originally. It was if you had to break the glass. It was in so
1: specifically pigeons. In case of pigeons break glass, is what the sign. Oh is right, is. okay. And I mean, I think every house should have one of those installed
0: in it, just in mm. case. But mm. It happens to more people than you'd expect, dude. Yeah, did you know that five people every day die from pedestrian deaths? Is that actually true? Yeah, of them breaking in, they panic, and <laughs> in most cases, uh, people who have laminate flooring, Yeah, yeah. they also drink liquid, so sometimes they spill, they run, they slip, they mm-hmm. break their neck. Uh, childhood obesity. <laughs> Dude, you know
1: I'm a massive advocate of these, but for this exact reason <laughs> but do you know that thing of throwing sheets on stuff it, ha- yep. it works with other animals as well mm-hmm. so like crocodiles yeah if you throw a sheet over their eyes they become instantly calm and who, who was the first
0: person to discover that
1: well it was the first person who invented a sheet it was initially for the purpose of covering crocodile eyes and then people <laughs> went oh wait we could use this for other stuff Oh my God, what can't a sheet do? (laughs) Exactly, dude. What can not I do? you put out of an oil fire with a rag, can not you? So, you know, there you go. I feel like you're trying to sell it to me though. Well, I mean, I'm not, but this episode is sponsored by just general sheets. Sheet in a glass. (laughs) Yeah, sheet in (laughs) a (laughs) glass. I think that's something else, dude, when you do a sheet in a glass. (laughs) (laughs) But it is crazy that there's this like almost, a universal thing for animals to calm down when they mm. get covered up, their eyes get covered up. It's the opposite for humans. If you cover my eyes, I instantly go like, what the fuck are you doing? Do <laughs> you remember that time we were driving and you did it to me and I got really angry?
0: Okay. Oh, man, you wouldn't leave that. I know, dude, I It's like three days in and you still wouldn't leave it. Yeah, okay, we crashed, I go, but yeah. you know,
1: I, that's why we were fine, park. no one died. <laughs> Well, yeah, we didn't die, but two other people did. But it's fine, you're right. I'm fine and I should get over it. And I shouldn't be airing out our dirty rags or sheets Mm. on the podcast. You know. Mm. So you're right, you're right, dude. Yeah. But like on the subject of like being able able to see, something I was wondering about at the moment is obviously people can't go to opticians. Like you're not supposed to go into an optician's. Or I'm not sure if now you can or not, but obviously originally you weren't allowed to do face-to-face stuff with people. So obviously me and Jess, we both wear glasses Mm. and I was saying as a joke to her, oh, do you think they're doing over the phone optician's appointments at the moment? And genuinely last week she had an optician's appointment over the phone (laughs) where they phoned her and just went, are your eyes okay? And she was like, I mean, they're both still there. And they were like, Got enough
0: for us. (laughs) (laughs) How did it work? That was genuinely, that That was was literally it.
1: Yeah, they phoned her up. Mm. They said, oh, how are your eyes? And she was like, yeah, they're fine. And they were like- No "No small talk. No small talk, dude. They didn't even lube her up or anything first. They just went straight into the deep end. Jeez. Raw dogged the conversation and that was it. She just got asked, are your eyes okay? and which is, the weird part of it is she's not an optician, so I don't know if she had the expertise to say whether they're okay or not, but mm. they were willing to take her word for it. So, you know, she's fine. She's been blind for the last week, but <laughs> they seem fine with that. She keeps know. walking into walls. But... Yeah, but she told them she's fine, so mm. I guess
0: she's fine. That's know. a re- That raises a really good um, point, because I guess in it's almost like this. Imagine, and this is something I actually know because of coronavirus as a result, a lot of people have been uh, avoiding going to the hospital and instead they're being Mm -hmm, mm self-diagnosing. So what I'd be interested to know from you is have you, have you ever done this? Have you ever looked on Google when you worried about something Mm -hmm. and what have you found when you've done that?
1: Well, so for me, I, Mm -hmm. I, my dad does this all the time and he's like a massive hypochondriac. So I do that. And that the thing, a lot of kids do where they go, I'm going to be the opposite of that. I hate that they do that. So I'm going to do the opposite mm. of it. So I really tried to stay away from it. But the one time I did do it, I'm so glad I did because mm. I like, I'm going to really divulge some information on the podcast here, but I found, I found a lump on my back. Right. And I didn't notice it for a long time. I think because mm. what it was. Well, I know now it was a long time. It was several years I didn't notice it for, but the only reason I noticed it is because I was working out in the gym, right? And I was trying to do a lap pull, so where you like pull the bar down. And I mm-hmm. suddenly felt like, oh, I couldn't move my left side properly. I felt like my arm was getting jarred and stuck on something. And then I noticed, I, I was pressing around in there and I felt a really like hard lump. And the more I felt around, it felt like a regular, but it felt very like solid in parts and fleshy in other parts. And I was worried because I started doing some Googling, they say, if you look it up like hard parts in something generally means mm. you have cancer, which is obviously any everyone when they go online, that's the first thing they think of. Mm. And I started noticing it, it I, I left it for a bit and it just got worse and worse. And then I, which a lot of people do as well. And then I went to the doctors and they said, you've actually got an evil twin growing in your back. And it's been there for several Jesus years.
0: Now. Christ!
1: I know dude, I know. Mate. So, what did you, did you do? Well, that's my son, Donnie. Donnie's my evil twin. That, I, I that's gave Donnie. A, Donnie, yeah. Donnie. He gave
0: birth doing lap pull downs. A lap pull
1: downs at the gym. Donnie fell out. Yeah. He rolled on the floor. He was running around. And I was chasing him around, you know. Mm. And then eventually I threw a dumbbell at him in the head, knocked him out. And that's Donnie. Oh. That's why Donny don't speak so good. But hey, Donnie I'm is. so
0: surprised you didn't read about this on the
1: NHS website. Dude, I, it was the one underneath cancer. You always jump over evil twin growing up in, in my back to cancer straight away.
0: You just assume someone's hacked the NHS at that point.
1: <laughs> you do. You do, dude. And the reason is, is because like, it's more common than you think that people actually do have twins mm. growing inside of them, and they just ignore yeah. it. They ignore it until it's too late. And then they mm-hmm. get taken over by the evil twin.
0: Yeah. See, at what point when you had your consultation at the hospital, mm-hmm. did the doctor say that to you? Or did you go in because you'd already self-diagnosed yourself and well, then you but... went to the doctor and said, look, this is what's happening.
1: Yeah, well, so I, I, I was hugely in denial about it, to be honest mm. with you. So I'm gonna, I, I missed out a few steps in the story there. But for a couple of months before I actually went to the doctor and even noticed the lump, i had been hearing someone go, I'm Donnie, I'm your little brother, I live in your back. But I was just ignoring it, dude. And mm. I tell you what, I'd be sleeping and I would hear a little <laughs> noise coming from my back. And then I'd be like, you know what, dude, I knew it was there since I was like doing my GCSE exams. You know how I knew? Mm. Cause I was doing my maths exam. And then suddenly it goes, a squared plus B squared equals C squared, <laughs> And I'm like, oh, shut up, Donnie. See, because I knew Donnie was there. But it was only when Donnie started affecting my light pull downs that I thought I've got to do something. Like
0: this, you know. Yeah.
1: You know me, I love my lap pull downs. If you're in the way of my lap pull downs, we ain't gonna get on. You know, that, you know Oh yeah, I know that. Yeah, so exactly. So that's that's Donnie. That's the story of Donnie. For everyone
0: well, have you ever
1: self-diagnosed?
0: Yes I have and I would be lying if I said I hadn't and I bet a lot of people out there including all of our fans watching this have and the reason I brought it up in the first place is it reminds me of something that I've learned from my work so working within design it's common knowledge that a client will come to you with a problem and in most cases that client will already prescribe their own solution Mm and when you compare that to say doctors and their practice mm-hmm. right a patient wouldn't go to a doctor yeah having googled something figured out what they need and then prescribe it to themselves and go like look doctor this is the problem i've done my research i've looked at the facts you need to prescribe me this mm-hmm. yeah. doctor, in that case if the doctor says yes you know what you've done your research yeah you've done my job that's great yeah, yeah. yeah. here you go here are your pills on your way and that person goes away, takes those pills, and then dies. Who's liable in that case? Well, it's the doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doctor, because they're the expert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We use that in design a lot to understand when we should be leveraging our experience and expertise within certain uh, circumstances with clients where we'll yeah. be having to understand and fully define a problem. Yeah. So I guess it's, it's the doctor's place or but, the... I mean, I get what you're saying, but say for instance, right? Mm-hmm. In
1: your design situation, let's say I'm a guy. Let's say I'm a guy for starters, okay? So I want all the audience to try and visualize that, for instance, for starters, mm. right? Get your mind into that pal- that area of the palace. Ricky's a guy in the Not center. a dude. Okay? You're not a dude. I'm not a, I'm not a tiny boy. I'm not a giant froggy creature. I'm a, a guy. guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got a website I want designed, okay? Mm. Right. And uh, it's um, it's running shoes for horses, okay? Not I'm not talking like your traditional shoe, like you know your cloven mm. hoof
0: shoes. Like the Nike of horses. Yeah,
1: we're talking like no, but literally Nike shoes that you put on a horse. Okay? <laughs> right. So they they look like yeah. human feet. Not practical in any way. No, no, they're not for practicality purposes. Mm. They're to look g as fuck, okay? Mm. And my company, we want this website designed, mm. and we want. So like, let's say we go into a meeting with you. This is the first meeting we had. How does, how does this thing play out? Well, you tell me what you want. We okay, so difficult. I want a website
0: mm-hmm.
1: for horses who wear Nike shoes. Okay. Well, but for copyright purposes, we'll call them um, Reiki shoes. Right. Okay. Shoes. Yeah, yeah.
0: And hello, Mr. Guy. Uh-huh. Uh, it sounds like a really interesting Doctor, project. Doctor Guy, and I'd really like to understand why
1: you need a website. I need a website because I've been selling. I went down to, oh, wait, no. So, by the way, my guy has a Bradford accent in the scenario as well. So, oh, I, yeah, yeah. That off. so like, I would go down to Bradford Market, yeah. And like, me and Uncle Iqbal, we'd be like selling the <laughs> shoes out of the back of the car, yeah. Because, like, we get them out of the back of the car. And then people wanted them and we'd like, run out. But now people are like, oh, let me get some more shoes. Need more shoes. Because we would sell two, we'd sell them in packs of two, right? But it turns out, a horse has got four feet, man. It's crazy. I didn't know it, I didn't know it. And uh, so I need a better way of distributing the shoes to people. And I've heard of a thing called www.internet.com, which is a place you can do it.
0: Amazing, so you've had a really high customer demand and you've been able to sell out of all of your products um, on stores, you say, in Bradford Market. I yeah, on your looking...
1: market area. Mm. We got a stall next to the cubicles mm-hmm. where they, like, you know, people go do the dirt and stuff in the toilet. So yeah. they go in there, they do their business, and we do our business outside of that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it.
0: Okay. you do your business. So, how, how do you market your products currently? Because you're not shoes the, here,
1: the, the shoes over here. Shoes? Yeah. For, no, not for your dirty feet, for your horses. You <laughs> like the shoes for horses.
0: Okay, but and who, who's your main customer? <laughs>
1: there's lots of them man there's frank the hatchet there's the ronnie the coleman there's uh davy lee you know yeah. davy lee he comes around all the time gets more there's uh alfred you know Alfred. He does the roof, <laughs> hatching on the roofs that's four of them right there they're my market man
0: cool so when you say you sold out your whole product range yeah we had six shoes okay People, um, one t- person needed shoes for the whole <laughs> and one other
1: person needed only only the back legs. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah. And what kind of budget are we looking at? We're looking at somewhere between 50,000 rupees and 75,000 rupees. Okay, well, uh, I, I don't work in
0: rupees. What's oh, that? You're you a racist, man. Hard, you don't hard, hard British pounds. Oh, I
1: see. You're one of those companies, eh? <laughs> You're working for the www.internet.co.uk, aren't you? You ain't you working the .com. <laughs>
0: absolutely come on give it to me straight
1: let's sit down brass tacks though Mm -hmm. i got a hundred grand i need a nice website making for my Mm horseshoes don't ask me where i got the money from i will ask you where you got your money from okay Mm -hmm. what do we do next it
0: sounds like a hundred grand is a little bit expensive well that's the money i've got to make the website so yeah, yeah i think 100 grand you could do uh you could do it far more efficiently say at 50 grand and then putting 50 more grand into your marketing because it sounds like you're a little bit behind at the moment in terms of your uh, uh, digital presence so i think initially we'd have to build I get, that up.
1: no no i never i got lots of digital presence my mum got me a ps4 last year right that's one digital present my daddy got me iPhone from my 18th birthday. Mm. He got it Iqbal's shop, you sell two for one iPhones down there, right? Yeah. So I got lots of digital presents, mm. right?
0: So I don't need to worry about that, that's fine. And how strong would you say your presence is on uh, Facetube and Insta book? <laughs> Is
1: that how it usually plays out then, Chris? Is that yeah. what it is? You fight fire with fire, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Question, so mm. you, um, you obviously work in uh, digital marketing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I've been thinking about this with my job. I think you could train someone to be just as good as I am at my job. I think if you gave someone enough training, they could be just as good as me. And I obviously thought there's other things out there which you can't do that with. So for instance, being a professional tennis player, it might not matter how much training you've got, if you haven't got the genetics and you don't have the right bone structure, muscle structure, you just can't be one of the best tennis players in the world. Same with bodybuilding. Bodybuilding is another obvious example where it doesn't matter how hard you train, how good your nutrition is, how even how hard you hit drugs, you might just not have the genetics to be a worker. I've tried. I know you did. I know I didn't want to make it too close to home for yeah. you, but I wanted to bring up something relatable to
0: you.
1: And I can't believe, dude, you're still hitting your cycle hard as well. You're still hitting <laughs> testosterone boosts, boosters, steroids, Psalms, yeah. everything It's just a habit know? now. And well, yeah, you don't even train anymore. You just ate the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> It's Um, not in creatine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you always do a line of creatine before each podcast episode, just to get you in the right mindset as well. You don't? I I do it throughout. If (laughs) if the viewers ever see a hard cut, it's because I've just done a line of creatine and we had to start filming again. Mm. Um, So I was wondering, do you think? So obviously, one of your side passions is uh, uh, would you say videography and photography? Yeah. Do you think you could train someone? to be a world-class photographer? I'm not saying you personally, I'm saying, do you think there's just a way you could teach someone
0: to be one of the best photographers in the world? Mm, I guess, well, it, it's completely subjective in a lot of ways, because what defines a good photographer? Mm-hmm. What defines the best photographer in the world? Well, it's really tricky because a lot of people own a camera in these days. yeah. And photography, I, this might be a bit controversial, but I don't think it's that hard. In a lot of ways, it took a while to get used to. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's all about looking at things from a different perspective. Uh, It's trying to understand the story and an idea that you're trying to convey through an image. Mm -hmm. And then once you do that over time, the more time you spend on it, like the the better you're gonna get. The best photographer in the world, who is that? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've seen some pretty crazy images of uh, National Geographic photographers Mm -hmm. who've literally got a camera, a 5,000 pound camera, left it in the desert in, in yeah. Africa somewhere, captured some close up shots of elephants walking yeah, yeah. over it, it just looks incredibly like that kind of stuff looks like it takes a lot of experience, a lot of money, a lot of yeah. patience. You've got to understand so much more than just photography. Yeah. Um, I don't think I could teach someone to be the best photographer in the world. No. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just even what you just said.
1: About it's about capturing like a story in a picture. That to me is just such a thing that I can't even grasp my mind around. Like, I could go, Okay, I'm going to take this picture, and I to me it'll look mm. nice, you know, it'll look, but mm. how would I convey a story through it? I don't know. Like, I was talking to um, uh, Jess about uh, the band System of a Down, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a massive fan of System of a Down, yeah, yeah, they have a song called Aerials, and the song is about a um, a circus freak, right? Who all his life he's been a circus freak and he looks up at the aerial acrobatics, uh, the, yeah. air, the people who jump through the like, you know, uh, across the hoops and stuff. Um, and he wants to be like them. So, what he does in his mind is he will travel, he will dream about being having their lifestyle. But he's then frustrated because he can't even grasp what that lifestyle is because he has no reference points. So the song is about a guy who wants to be an acrobatic, mm. so he dreams about it, but he's frustrated by his lack of knowledge. That's all encapsulated in the song. And I thought to myself, Jesus. Yeah, I could, ne- I could never come up with a concept like that.
0: And when you listen to it, do you, without any context, do you understand the narrative? No, no, not really. <laughs> like there's, there's parts of
1: it I understand but it's one of those things where Mm -hmm. the lyrics are in such a way you can interpret in lots of ways. Mm. Like, um, like the aerials part is kind of like, okay, that's definitively about these aerial acrobatic people. That's why they're called aerials.
0: Mm. But then there's
1: other lines like, uh, swimming through the void, we hear the word, we lose ourselves and we find it all, you know, you're just like, Mm. that could be interpreted in so many different ways, all of which to me are quite beautiful. But Mm. I, as a person, no matter how hard I train a bass guitar, or how hard I try to learn to sing better. I just wouldn't be able to come up with lyrics that profound. You know what I mean? I think you would.
0: And I have. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is where we cut to your music video. Yeah, my new music video. Your acoustic bass
1: poetry. I'm in the band, uh, Reiki Horseshoes. (laughs) Um, I think some of it comes with life experience, obviously. Mm, like, if you experience different things and you read about lots of different mm-hmm. things, like, I read very little, um, uh, what's it called, uh, non fiction, no, sorry, fiction. I read very, yeah, very few words, <laughs> 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 I read very few, uh, um, fictional books yeah. and stuff. So it probably limits my creativity in that I can't see how other people are creative in that way. Mm. Um, I don't know,
0: Do you, you read a lot of non-fiction, don't you? Yeah, I do. I, I read loads about, uh, about people who've done interesting things throughout history mm. and um, science or design. Yeah. And do you feel yeah. like that influences you? Yeah, I do, because in, in a lot of ways, yeah, I can understand fiction and, you know, the aspect of telling a story, having a world and immersing people in it through words. I think that's amazing and incredible skill. When I read something like that, though, I don't make the connection in the same way. Yeah. I don't read I, like I read it and I'm immersed, but I'm not thinking about the areas of the story that I could pull out and apply to my own life. Yes, yeah. Ed, what I do read is all all like guides, tips, advice. Um, again, stories of real people who've done real creative things, mm-hmm. and then I, I read their about their experiences and I apply that to my own life. I think about right they did this how can I take that concept is it relevant to me today Mm -hmm. should I be thinking about this differently should I be challenging myself and I feel like doing that has really helped me to progress in my career and as a person Mm -hmm. as opposed to when I didn't read much and I didn't really question all these thoughts inside my head Mm -hmm.
1: I think that's Mm -hmm. I think it's something that definitely links to um, I'm lucky that I'm a scientist because your job is to always question what you're thinking to an extent obviously um so it's something that kind of comes natural to me and i forget that other people don't always do that um so all i'm really saying is you're inferior chris that's all and that you know but that's fine you know and,
0: and how often do you question your own sanity
1: what, what do you mean i don't have to do that the other voices do that for me <laughs> You know, when they say, Oh, you're fine, Ricky, don't worry. Yeah, yeah hold yeah. on tighter, grasp their neck necktie. Bill Dennis. Yeah, Donnie. Donnie. I can't believe you forgot your grandson's name.
0: <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> At least
1: you're my granddad.
0: <laughs> Something I think. It's about time the world knows. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I think they needed to know. I think they could probably tell, to be honest. We look almost the same, you know. I, I don't know if you can tell, but throughout this whole podcast, I've had quite a shadow looming over me—a of a shadow of sadness—and a on the wall. Yeah, the shadow on the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's Sorry, th- this is getting too meta now. Isn't <laughs> it? Yeah, referring to our own podcast. So, <laughs> you know, we've run out material when we're just talking about our old podcast. Over over yeah, um, so, on the subject of um, mm. of rape and um, that type of sad area of life uh, something happened to me while I was driving on the way to holiday where I am now I, I don't know if the audience could see I'm not actually in my car anymore I'm actually managed to find accommodation in Norfolk I'm I'm squatting in this people's home they're away somewhere I don't know um, but yeah so I'm, mm. I'm fine I'm inside mm. at least until they come back which uh, now I'm good they're not here so fine, <laughs> fine. Um, anyway I, I got I don't know how to put this, I'm just gonna say I got molested right while I was driving. I was driving on a 40 and this car behind me, she got right up in between my cheeks, dude. Mm. She was, I was driving 40, she was going like 55 and she got right up inside my cheeks and there's nothing I can do. I can't get it. I don't mm. want to speed up. I'm on, a, I'm on a 40, dude. And she's right up in my cheeks and she's, mm. she's parting them. She's getting closer and car, closer and parting my cheeks. And I'm like, do I just, do I just put them up? Put my foot down and go quicker and quicker but then what happens the police see me mm. i'm the victim in that situation but i'm the one who'll get in trouble do you know what i mean mm. and it just i didn't know what to do and it's been keeping me up at night i keep on visualizing i keep on going no please stop get out of my cheeks get out of there but she keeps on getting closer and closer and it's just it's, uh, it's keeping me up and I'm getting cold sweats and it's just a, a scary thing that happens. And I can see it happens to too many people and it needs to stop.
0: Mate, you need the car equivalent of a rape whistle. I do,
1: I do. Like almost like some kind of thing that you can press and it makes mm. a loud noise.
0: Mm. You know what I mean?
1: Like something in the mm. car that you can just push your hand on through something conveniently placed that'll make a loud noise and it'll let them know, mm. no, don't do what you're doing. Oh, hey, I'm here, stop that, you know.
0: And what if that doesn't work? Have you got any, the car equivalent of pepper spray? <laughs> I, don't, I don't have that. I don't have that, Too be fair. Okay. Piss out the window. That's a
1: good option, but I'd have to angle it safely while driving. I'd have to do this manoeuvre mm. and then aiming out, so here's it here's the, here's the Johnson, the old long Johnson. I my window because of that old timey window I'd have to roll it down like this for it, and then stick it out. And then yeah, actually, but the issue is that could cause a crash mm-hmm. and I don't want that to happen. But anyway, mm-hmm. I thought I should share with you that's happened to me. And if the audience have noticed I've had low energy today, that's the reason it was because of that molestation and it's fine. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'll get over it with time. It's just, I, we need it to stop. Okay, we need we need road to road, molestation to stop. Okay, mm. stop getting up in the driver's cheeks in front of you. Just stay back. You know what? Social Hashtag. distance from the car. Hashtag social distance from your car. Okay. Hashtag stay back. Stay back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. One <laughs> of the best things about. Lockdown for me, Ricky. I don't know about you, but is the time I've saved from commuting. Yeah. I has been so good to have that to be. Able how to long use. would it not really take you? Uh, it? My commute, for example, yeah. it takes two hours a day. Yeah. Okay. Hour the hour back. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm commuting to the airport every, uh, like five times a week. Really. I, I get the tram. Yeah. 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 So to have that time back has been one of the best things about yes, yeah. lockdown for me. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I'm, I'm going to really miss it. Have you had similar things with your job? Well, like, yeah, obviously,
1: so for me, I've had, I've had that break in commutes. So well, well, can I ask you first, what, what have you done with that time? With that extra time you have? Cause obviously it's, it's, mm. it's theoretical extra time. It's not like in the morning you do an hour activity you would have done with that time. It just means you probably start work earlier so you can finish earlier or something like that. But
0: what have well, you done with those extra
1: hours of your day?
0: For me, so I finish work and then because I feel like I've still got some energy rather than close my laptop or cl- I'll close my work laptop. I open up my personal laptop yeah, yeah. and I'll usually just use that last bit of energy in the day to design something, to oh. uh, work on some of my own personal projects.
1: Right. Okay. Cause that seemed like you were going a very different way there. <laughs> Like, I'd use that little, you know, I'd close my work laptop, I'd open up my own one, and I'd use that little bit last energy I have <laughs> today.
0: Obviously, wanking is <laughs> that design
1: stuff. I wonder if I ever get to an age where wanking's not funny anymore. <laughs> I, think it was. I think that's 33. Is that, is that, is that 33 oh. on the dot? Yes. As soon as you're 33, done.
0: Yeah. So
1: make a wanking joke and you'll just shake it. You'll just go. That's when you start tutting as well. When you turn thirty-three, <laughs> you stop wanking and you start tw- tutting. <laughs> wow, that
0: sounds like a quote of life. <laughs> yeah, Ricky Pahir. <laughs> when you turn thirty-three, I feel you like. Start I'm going to make that yeah. T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> People will look back throughout history and they'll remember the greats, Albert Einstein. Nelson Mandela, yeah. Ricky Vehia. Harry Houdini as well, don't
1: forget. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> <laughs> so JJ, have you been using that time to design your own type of things then?
0: Well, yeah, just, just take a bit of time and spend uh, that time, yeah,
1: working on my own stuff. Yeah. What about you? So, it's, yeah, obviously I, I, it would take me 45 minutes to walk to work and 45 mm-hmm. minutes back. So I get about an hour and a half back. And also what I'd have to do is walk to the gym as well, but I've been working out in the flat instead. So that saves a lot of commuting time as well. Cause it'd be about 20 minutes out of my way to get to the gym Mm -hmm. and then 20 minutes added on. So yeah, essentially two hours of my day taken just from walking to places. And I've had a bit of a mess to be honest with you. Cause I really got into this thing that I started doing with that time. Cause I went, I know I've got this time, use it effectively and efficiently but recently with recent research that's come out, I've realized I had a mare and that'll make sense in a bit after I tell you what I've been doing with the time. Mm. So what I did is I started a company called the Pussy Patrol. Okay. Just, it, just listen. Okay. It sounds okay. weird, but it makes sense. And what I was doing is I was hand rearing and raising cats to be able to smell coronavirus. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And the tagline of the company, I already thought about it all it was called, Sniffing out coronavirus one pussy at a time. Okay, that's what I was thinking, right? It always thought out. It was clever. Mm. And so I'd, I would get these cats and what I'd do is I'd, you know how I, I have close connections to the Chinese government? Mm. I would get samples from Wuhan, China of clothes contaminated with coronavirus. Mm. And yeah. I would get cats to sniff it, right? So I'd get a cat to sniff it. I'd get them to sniff three pieces yeah. of clothing. So I'd lay out a clo- two clear items of clothing with no coronavirus on and one heavily <laughs> coated in coronavirus. I'd get a heavy coating of coronavirus on that one. And don't yeah. worry, I was completely fine. I'd wear gloves mm. and I'd wear a face mask. So I'd be completely- Two meter distance. Two meter distance at all times. Mm. And if the cat sniffed the right item of clothing and then started to go, meow coronavirus clothes meow i would give it a treat mm. if it sniffed the wrong item of clothing and started going meow coronavirus clothes meow i would get um a stick and you know give it the jabby jab i'd give it the jabby jab J- jabby right in his holes right <laughs> and the jab hole that's why a cat has a jab hole to be jabbed in so i do that <laughs> and so basically I was raising these cats to be able to identify coronavirus. I was really trying to help the NHS. I was going, if we could just raise cats to be able to sniff it. Well, all you would need to do is if you're coming into a shop, someone just hold the cat up like this, right? They and go, oh, look, it's the Pussy Patrol. Yeah, the Pussy Patrol here. They're going to make sure. <laughs> Imagine that, dude, every shop, every shop has a dedicated Pussy Patrol employee there, stood there with their Pussy Patrol T-shirt on at the entrance. Mm. You come in, they hold the cat up. If you're fine, the cat doesn't do anything. Oh, Mm. old man Corona walks in. He's been hanging out too close to his friends at the pub. He walks in, oh, meow, coronavirus, meow. You're out, mate. You can't come in, you've got coronavirus, because the cat can sniff it. But it turns out cats can get coronavirus, so. (laughs) turns out I've just really been spreading coronavirus around through these cats. And oh, shit. And they were wrong 100% of the time. 100% of the time, dude. They were heavily, their minds were all fucked up because they had coronavirus. They had massive flu symptoms all the time.
0: Oh, shit. Yep. Yeah.
1: So it was a lot of wasted time, really. But yeah, you live and you learn. Did you try and get any support of the
0: government? Yeah.
1: I got none. Zero. <laughs> No physical and economic support. They gave me none. I asked for crutches for no reason. Just wanted support. Nothing. Dude, it's crazy.
0: Mate, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> Nothing. That's my response. <laughs> <laughs> That's my
1: response to that situation. Yeah. But, you know, as I said, I don't feel like I've lost anything because that time mm-hmm. I'd usually use for commuting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, not like I don't, <laughs> it's not like I had that time in the first place. It feels like fake time.
0: And it yeah. just gave me time to ex- experience new things, try different things out. So, what did you do with the cats? Don, I, I got Donnie to deal with them. Mm. Let's just say Donnie's on a
1: heavy cat diet at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and Donnie is riddled with coronavirus. <laughs> I mean, he is just riddled with it. You can see coronavirus crawling all over him. That's how bad it is. And that's not even a symptom. It's just, that's just hit Donnie. <laughs> uh, yeah. that's. Exactly I, I,
0: part of me is really worried that this podcast is going to go out into the world and people are going to take it literally. And we're should. going to be, the, we're going to be the cause of all this mis- misinformation being spread and the Pussy Patrol is going to go through a branding crisis. Dude, I'm fine.
1: It was all worth it in the end for me. I sold the dol- domain name pussypatrol.com. Mm. And I made a lot of money. So if it's- How much? It was, I think it was close to 30 or 50 quid, something around that. Much. <laughs> I mean, after tax, it came down to 10. And then after the money I gave to my, you know, the, the guy I used to do all my economic finance stuff, yeah. I was left with two quid. But I, I thought you were going to say you were left 20 grand in debt. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, but I don't want the audience to feel sorry for me, so I don't want to say that. I don't want to be truthful, yeah. which is my own bad. But yeah, that's, <laughs> what to that's what I've done with my time.
0: I think that's a great idea, to be honest, Ricky. Pussy Patrol. And when you think about it, it's actually a better way to encourage people to find out if they have coronavirus or yeah, not, Because yeah, yeah. if I gave you the option right now and you had to pick having a cat come up to you and sniff you, mm-hmm. to decide if you had coronavirus or you had to do the already existing method of, of testing it, which is mm-hmm. uh, swabbing your throat and then swabbing your nose as well. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. putting it in a bag and mailing it to someone. Yeah. Did you which, see, which one, have you got that done? Oh. Not me, no. It's, it's a funny story actually because my girlfriend has had the test mm-hmm. and she got the test for her whole family yeah. and not me. <laughs> you know. I'm not bitter about it but fuck you but you know it's fine.
1: Well I think my she's family. just basically saying you're not a human you don't need to get the test done. You know, what I mean? He said that to me, yes. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, that's why I said. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 I, I know. I, yeah, But you're okay but, with it because you don't understand what those words mean anyway. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just see shapes moving yeah. and assume something. Yeah, yeah. And then something happens. Yeah, no, uh, obviously, process of elimination. If she has it, I definitely have it because sometimes yeah, yeah. we do kiss. What? Well, it's normal, right? Twice a week. I thought, it, <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ, you need to close those lips of yours, my friend. <laughs> You're kissing someone twice a week. You are a whore and a charlatan, okay? but let's not get into those views at the moment. Okay, okay. I see your point though, yeah. So I, I think it would be more approachable just to have a cat. <laughs> you just drive past the cat, mm. they put it into the window, mm. you're good, into the window. Meow, coronavirus. Right, you've got it. Mm. You know, it'd be a lot quicker turnaround as well, a lot quicker turnaround. And kids would enjoy it more. You're right. Uh, yeah, because I, I think having to stick a swab up your nose and down your throat, So my nephew, Hendrix, he went to get it done and he was super chill about it. I've heard this from my brother. He was just so chill. Like they put it up his nose, he was fine. They put it in his throat and he was fine. But it's quite invasive. So I think most kids would probably find that quite scary and a bit, you know, probably kick off a little bit, understandably. Mm. But um, it's interesting now to think about like what kids have to worry about at this particular moment compared to when we were little kids like I remember one of the main things you'd care about as a kid, especially for me. So we only had girls in our school. They only joined when we were like 16. Yeah. So up to that point, all boys school. So you don't have that whole social pressure of like, Oh, what do girls think about me? Mm. Suddenly you're at the age now where you're actually like really interested in girls if you're into girls, but you know, you're really interested in whatever sexual thing you're interested in at the age of 16. And now you're like going to parties and stuff. And at parties, you have to constantly be thinking, wait, do I look cool? Do they think I'm cool? I don't want to see them uncool. And it just reminds me of, um, thankfully I never had a situation like this, but one of my mates, um, we'll just call him uh, O.D. for this story. Uh, okay. O.D., he was at this party, and as I said, 16 years old, girls have just started inviting us to parties because they've just joined our school so they're Mm -hmm. really trying to put out the feelers they don't know what we're like as people they don't know who's cool or not they don't know that whole thing yet so all they want to do is go hey come to my party i'll see what you are like as a person and -hmm. decide whether you're cool or not and whether i should invite you to others so Odie's at this party and he's drank way too much because he doesn't know how much too much is at that age and as a byproduct as you if there's any young listeners listening, you might not realize there are two byproducts to drinking too much. One is throwing up, everyone knows that, universal vomiting, natural thing. What you might not know is sometimes it also makes you need to go do diarrhea.
0: So oh, no,
1: OD's body decided, oh. hey, I could either choose vomiting, I could choose diarrhea or I could choose both. And uh, his body decided to choose both. So he went to the bathroom <laughs> of place and he did a shit in the toilet, right? Mm. And then immediately turned around and started throwing up on top of his own shit. Oh. But now there is a basin, there is a toilet basin filled with vomit and shit. Oh. But things get slightly worse. It turns out that this girl's house that they're having the party oh, no. was a housewarming party. And oh, the
0: toilet doesn't work. The toilet does not work. work. What? That is like some kid's worst nightmare. Yes. You Did this really happen?
1: This really happened. Now, O.D. didn't manage to get out of the situation. People found out that he clogged the toilet with his uh. shit and vomit at this party. And to make matters worse, because he was 16, his dad had to come pick him up and take him home very uh. early in the morning. But... Let's say now we have the minds we have
0: mm. and we have
1: the intelligence and the fortitude and the dexterity and charisma to get out of the situation somehow. How would you, Chris, get out of this social social situation where you just shit and vomited in one of the toilets and you've clogged the toilet? So people people are gonna go there. Yeah. What do you
0: do? You've just totally done it. you've just stood up, you've washed crack. your hands. Okay, let me ask a few questions first. Go for it. Right, the door, does it have a lock? The door does have a lock on it. And it's the second
1: floor, by the way, second floor. Are there other toilets in the house? There is one other toilet
0: downstairs. Oh, thank God. Right, okay. So the door is locked, there are other toilets in the house, I'm standing in the bathroom, there's shit and vomit in the... I'm an adult. Is there a bath in the bathroom? There is a bath. Okay, so toilets, the flush, you don't actually need the flush to work. As long as you can flood it with water, it will flush. Okay. But just to let you know, there
1: is a queue outside the door as well. People are waiting. The people are not now. Least is going... They can wait.
0: Is someone in there? Because they don't know it's you. They don't know who's in there. I'm just going to be quiet and pretend I'm being sick. And and I'm going to make sick noises while I'm trying to flush it down. Right, right, okay, okay. Yeah.
1: So you're allowing the social faux pas of that, I drank too much, and throwing up. Well,
0: here's the thing, let's be honest. Yeah. If an adult was in that state, yeah. I don't even think they would be able to think their way out of that. Like if you're that drunk, yeah. you probably just lie and pass out in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah that's what would happen.
1: And i think that's basically what happened to od i think he basically passed out and then oh. his dad had to come
0: pick him up after he'd shit and thrown up in this toilet oh. and clogged it did he have his trousers on
1: i assume he did because he because he turned around afterwards and threw it but i don't know mm. i didn't see what happened essentially i just know from the story but let's say for instance you are in a right mindset where now you're just suddenly sober you've yep. shit and vomited out all the alcohol in your system mm. scientifically proven you can do that So you're now completely sober and you're in this room with the, with the the crime you have committed, Mm. how do you get out? How do you at least,
0: how do you get out of that being a social thing on you? Okay, is there a razor in the room? Yes. I would shave my head. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Smear the shit on my face and then take off my shirt just so oh. no one recognizes it and then just run <laughs> run as fast as I can out the house Dude, you don't then, even need
1: to run you can just open the door <laughs> and go oh hey guys it's me not OD I'm someone
0: else no one would expect that OD no one would know. Love, yeah. OD and doesn't then, have a bald head and shit all over his face the next day when I'm at home go on Amazon buy a wig <laughs> go back to school like nothing's happened well hey guys did you hear about that weird bald guy at the party
1: and you're like yeah that dirty bastard he clogged the toilet oh what's he like
0: (laughs) they would never know that's perfect that's the perfect way out Okay, how would you get out of that situation it's a
1: difficult one because you gave you almost gave the perfect answer (laughs) shave your head, cover your face (laughs) and shit take your shirt off because then when you leave anyone in the queue will go I don't know who that guy is. He looks kind of like O.D., but O.D. definitely doesn't have a brown face, and O.D. was definitely wearing the shirt and had hair. See, that, that's a really good one. I guess you've got a few options. If you're on the second floor and there's a window, mm. you just climb out the window and hope you can jump and not die. and then Surely you walk- people are in the garden. Pardon? Surely people are in the garden. Yeah, but you hope, you just you try and like be stealthy. You jump down and walk back in through the front door and go back up to the back of the queue. And and when you're in the queue, you keep on doing this, Jesus Christ, they're taking a long time. (laughs) Banging on the door. (laughs) Yeah. Or or you've got to make sure you're like, you've got to go Mm. out, jump out the window, go up to anyone you remotely know and go, let's take a picture quickly and then take a picture, (laughs) upload it immediately to Facebook. So if anyone goes, well, the toilet was locked between, 10, 13, 11, you're like, yeah, but I was in that picture with Jez at that time. Oh, wow. It's on Facebook, we uploaded it at
0: that time. Dude, as well, what you do when you go back up to the queue, yeah. and the next person goes in there, and they run out, and just before they can announce it, you go, oh, what have you done in there? <laughs> and just pass all the blame over.
1: Oh, love. yeah, but dude, then what happens, what would happen is they would kick you out, and then half an hour later, some bald dude with no shirt on and a shirt on
0: and a shirt.
1: On. <laughs> Just bolts fast. Yeah. <laughs> and the next day, you know what? Jeremy's at school and his hair looks kind of different. But he's like, Do you remember that bald guy who came out of the bathroom? <laughs> and you're like, Yeah, he looks an awful lot like you, Jeremy, but you're not bald, mm. so we know it's not you.
0: So going back to the previous point as well about uh, being this being the first time, obviously you're exposed to women. Yeah. yeah. Or well, I exposed myself to women. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's yeah. What I meant, yeah, yeah. yeah, thank you. So your friend O.D., did he ever manage
1: to find love? This is gonna. This is something people need to hear. A young audience needs to hear. The people got over it so quickly. Mm like it's one of the most heinous disgusting things you could do as an opening to meeting p- people of the opposite sex i think mm. when you're a young kid you always think everyone's gonna remember how terrible that thing i did was people forgot so quickly
0: mm.
1: like it's the type of thing we bring up now as a joke to be like dude do you remember you did that you know but people don't care anymore they just like at the time i think maybe a couple of weeks later people have forgotten about it
0: Absolutely, right. and to be honest, who hasn't done
1: that? I know, dude. I do. I do that on purpose at most parties. <laughs> I go to. That's the only reason I invite you to my parties. I know, I know, I know, because you want that. Because I know what happens at your parties, dude. You will stab someone, and you need someone to distract away from that, and then you go, "Oh wait, what's Ricky done in the bathroom?" Over there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm essentially your distraction tactic. Mm. The police turn up, and they go. Oh my God, there's been a stabbing. But, oh God, what's that smell? Oh, fucking hell.
0: <laughs> Ricky, me. again. Yeah. Ricky, how are you doing? Well, no, I walk out, bald head. Shit. <laughs> Shit on my face. No, all right, officer. Yeah, exactly. It's all in there, mate. <laughs> I might want to send the bomb disposal, disposal squad yeah, exactly.
1: in. <laughs> Can I just point out, um, I'm in a role now where I employ people for the company I work for. And that is one of the questions we ask them. We say, if you were an OD situation, how would you get out of it? And if they don't give a good enough answer, they don't get the job. Oh, mate, am I hired? You are hired. You would have yes. Been, you would 100% be hired. Ever. Oh. But have I ever been in a situation such as ODs where I've had to really think about how am I going to get out of this? Um, so not recently, when I was, a like, I don't think I'd be very good. I think I'd be pretty shit at it. Because when I was a little kid, if I ever got into something where I thought I was going to get in trouble, I'd almost freeze up immediately. Um, so like even, even small things, like say if I knocked over a glass of water, I'd suddenly go, oh, what am I going to do? And I remember my dad saying to me once, he said, because uh, my, my parents used to be quite strict when I was very little. And then my dad said to me, there was a moment where I, that thing happened. I knocked over a glass of water. And my dad looked at me and I froze up. And he went, that was the moment I realized I have to change my parenting. Because my kid is just fearful when I think something bad happens, they get fearful. Mm. And that's not what you want to happen. So yeah, so, but I haven't really been in a situation since I'm older, Mm. um,
0: where I've had to really think on my feet in that way. Mm, Well, I guess that's just a byproduct of being older yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have that experience, you make those mistakes while you're young yeah yeah
1: it might also be a byproduct of of thinking about things differently though like maybe when i was younger there's things that happen to me when i'm older and i would go this is a fight or flight mode what do i do but because i'm older and more chilled out i'm just kind of like oh it's not a big deal but you know what I mean? like honestly now od situation i probably would have just opened the door and gone i clogged the toilet in there it's i've shit and vomited <laughs> it's not <laughs> At your risk yeah. So if you want to go in there and piss on top of my shit and vomit, you're a pervert. That's
0: and and yeah. if you want to go out with me sometime on a date, yeah, let's do. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Um,
1: you know yeah. what? If, and if you say no, I was only joking anyway. So who cares?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, dude, it's been um, it's been a uh, eye opening and eye eye-op- opening, eye opening for sure. Mm. Um, it certainly has. I think we talked about a lot of stuff I didn't expect us to talk about. And do we ever? No, I, I don't Yeah. We never, we just, yeah. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I don't know where, why we talk about the things we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In years to come, psychologists will try and analyze this and find the root cause of why we talk about all these do. things we do. Yeah. yeah. It will drive them all insane. For sure, and they'll be, they, we will be
1: like, you know, you know, when they go, what was the first, what was the first animal that ever existed? Where was the missing link to everything that came about? That will, we will be the missing link in a story about why so many people have mental disorders in the future, <laughs> and they'll go, oh, where's the, where does that, you know, like when they go, oh, one person had coronavirus, and then these three people got it, and then these three people got it, and they'll mm. track it all the way back to the first person. We will be the 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 thing that they track back to. Everyone has in common. They listen to this podcast, and then suddenly, they all start having these mental disorders where they would go and shit and vomit in people's houses, and start companies like the Pussy Patrol. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm proud of it. I don't know about you. Yeah, I, I am too. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. We hope yeah, you it's been great. And, hope you all uh, have a great day. Um, yeah,
1: and remember to subscribe. Like, mm. subscribe, share with your friends. If Slappity slap that like button. Yes. Yeah, slap- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, see you all later. Adiós.
0: Bye. Bye.